0: I'm Charlie Rossiter, and this is Poetry Spoken Here. Today, we feature Andy Carroll from Chicago. She is a performance poet who has been to the National Slam Championships with the Lethal Poetry Slam team. She is currently a member of Cometry, a poetry-comedy-education ensemble touring the country. Then, I'm joined by Mason Granger of New York City. Mason is touring the country with the Mayhem Poets, a performance poetry trio. We're going to be talking with Mason about Slam Find. It's his new project designed to help you find slam venues and slam poets anywhere in North America. Before we came on the air, I asked you about about things you considered important to talk about. And you mentioned four things. Parenting, mental illness, gender, and sexuality. Any one of them would be a fascinating place to start, so you decide where we start.
1: Gender and sexuality is something that I, I feel like I think about that with every single poem that I put out there, more than parenting even, Hmm. because it's a part of me that, that, like is always within me um, that I know that when I go on stage and I'm, and I'm reading a poem, people automatically, even before I start reading the poem, people are making assumptions and gathering information about Mm -hmm. what you look like and the type of person you are. And they may be right. They may be wrong. Um, And then when you go into the poem, they're still working through those assumptions and sometimes trying to figure, figure you out um, along with trying to figure out where you're coming from in the, you know, in the poem.
0: This is good. Now, what can you say to the people who are only listening about what you look like when you go out there to read that poem? <laughs> Listen to the poem! Isn't that poem. what they say in the slam scene? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's more like, read the fucking poem. Read the but poem. Anyway.
1: Right, uh, yeah. But anyway, you say they look at you and start making assumptions. Uh I'm only guessing. I mean, we all do that as humans. It's a human thing we do. That person is, you know, younger, older, or looks like an (laughs) ex-girlfriend, I automatically don't like them, (laughs) you know, things like that. You run into audiences
0: (laughs) that all seem to think you look like an ex, I think that can happen.
1: (laughs) Especially in the queer world.
0: So you could walk out and a person could quickly look at you and just think
1: you look male. Yes. That's ha- that's happened to me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think that's um, good motivation to <laughs> do an even better job with the reading. That's great. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if anything. Yeah.
0: The poems really tell you who you are.
1: They do. They do. And I think that, I mean, it's a challenge because you want to... You want to almost challenge the, yourself to be good enough to get the audience past that place where they forget about you and they're really just focused on the words and and the meanings behind the words. And I try to be very, uh, I'm very metaphorical with my with my phrases and my and my poems. And people tell me they you know they can see so much, they they visualize so much when they when they hear me read or when they read my poems and. Um, And I want them to go from, you know, from watching me to, to being in the same space or like in their headspace, like this connection, I think happens.
0: Yeah. Another thing I, I, I think I noticed when I looked at the videos on your website is you're a successful slam poet. You were on the the team that went out there to the nationals. Uh, you've been a, a winner on occasion at the green mill, but actually, uh, you don't really have a real in-your-face delivery that a lot of slam poets have, yeah. is my impression. Is that right? You say it's... Is that right?
1: Yeah, you know, I've been thinking about delivery a lot lately because I have been exposed to so many more slam poets going out to the National Poetry Slam. This is something I was thinking about, actually, on the way here, even. And I find it akin to, like, an autotune that happens in pop music. I've been thinking about that, and that's the word I would. I would ascribed to it. It's an auto-tune. I think it makes poets feel comfortable going into the space of just talking at their audience mm-hmm. instead of having a conversation with them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it, to me, that's a completely different thing. And I'm there to make a connection. And how do you make a really good deep connection with somebody if you are, you know, yelling at them? And uh, I mean, and I'm not saying you can't get passionate and raise uh-huh. your voice and and get excited, Um, that's not what I mean. I mean, there's a difference between talking at them and talking with them and just feeling the energy of the piece. Well, and you have a theater background. It's the idea too that, okay, it's memorized,
0: but you've got to watch out to not sound rote. To sound memorized, you've still got to pause and have inflection and all Mm -hmm. the other things that help your voice say what the words are saying.
1: Oh, definitely. You want every piece to feel like it's alive, like it's a living thing. And I think that helps when you forget the words because <laughs> <laughs> then there are naturally going to be these pauses that happen and the audience might be like, whoa, what are they going to say next? You don't even know what you're going to say next. So <laughs> that, that's, that makes it more real for sure. Um, <laughs> I think you're being intense and thoughtful. <laughs> oh this is a real thing for me no they think I'm being intense and thoughtful yeah but it's actually me forgetting what I'm going to say Um, which can happen I've definitely thrown myself because I get into it and then I'm still stuck on that what I just said I almost want to say more about that line but there's a different line that comes next and (laughs) I just kind of get jumbled in my head I distract myself pretty easily (laughs) so I'm working on that well, yeah. maybe we should uh, let the folks hear a poem. Sure. Yeah. So we were talking about gender and sexuality. Do you want me to start with one of those poems? Sure. Okay. So this poem is called Moon Children. I love the moon so much. And you will find the moon featured in pretty much all of my poems. <laughs> That's what people have told me. They, they pointed that out, and it's true. Sure. I usually stand, and I have these hand gestures to, like, help oh, yeah. me. Okay. Yes, sir. I hope that we never forget this beauty. Please stay here until there is enough stillness in me to sleep under you. My mind is a kite flying through the fresh air. It soars through a holding pattern like it's waiting for permission to land safely. I have built blanket forts between my limbs for your comfort. Come inside of here and listen for your echo. There are so many rooms in this home body, for every beat my heart makes, There is a space between for you, too. Safety in numbers has the most power when we become one. Still, they sling their Bible verse at us until we become the holy ones. There is too much fiction to go around, too many stories read to not believe in this. Our skin tries to tell them who we are, but our truth lives underneath. The treasure hunters have been digging in the wrong place. Show them that the Holy Land is reformed every time someone new is born. Hold my hand like you mean it. We were not made to hide in the open. Somewhere, there is a person closing the drapes because the moon is too bright. This beauty was made to open the eyes of those who prefer to stay sleeping. Wake them all up. Wake them. Tell them that every night is just as holy as Sunday morning. I cannot look at the moon without feeling a prayer. The scenery makes me write every poem from my kneecaps. Tell me how the earth became brave enough to move mountains. Change is the most honest part of nature. Our bodies were not made to lie honest to God. Sometimes, sometimes they forget to tell us to just be. Please don't go anywhere. You are my favorite type of peace. Love doesn't need to choose fight or flight in order to win. Don't be afraid to believe in this, always. One day, when I am tired, I'm going to need you to tell me this, too.
0: We're not made to hide in the open.
1: Yeah. Nice. Thank you. <laughs> yeah.
0: You said you've been thinking about your writing process lately. How was your writing process with with that poem, for instance?
1: With this one? Um, I don't really recall writing this one too much. That doesn't help, right? Um, but I can tell you how it is for most of my poems, and it was probably true for this yeah. one as well. Because um, I'm working on a new poem right now at home. It's almost done. I am slow. I'm a really slow writer most of the time. Um and i really try to put a lot i put a lot of thought into my into my words and i i want i want my poems to be multi-layered and i want to be layers within a lot of the um the phrases that i speak and so i work really hard to do that and um gosh i mean to do that <laughs> like so I, I think once i get on a roll it's a lot easier mm-hmm. so um I really need to just get into that place of being open to writing. And once I get into it, um, I need to stay with that with that motivation. And um, what I do is I just obsess about the poem I'm writing. I, I will work on it. I will work on it in a notebook, and I will work on it then on my laptop. And then I'll print it out and put it in my pocket, walk the dog, and... You know, I'm moving, and that helps me to um, and I'm uh, around nature and looking at different things, and that helps me think about, oh, this this could have been said differently, this could have been done better." Mm-hmm. Um, and i will I will work on poems just walking around the neighborhood. Um, I tend to have an easier time waking up the next morning when I'm working on a poem because I'm excited to get back to it. So I become extremely obsessive. And I like to memorize all of my work, because for me, that is also another part of the editing process. So some things I think, while I'm writing, while I'm writing, I also speak the poem out loud, I pace a lot. And I talk to the walls. This is also why I need to live alone. I cannot live with roommates. Um, <laughs> I'm a very, you know, strange and awkward person when I'm when I'm writing. And I get I get really into it. And i um, uh, what was I saying about? Uh... Oh, memorizing. Yeah. yeah. So then, so I'm speaking it, but then there's something about trying to take it off the, off the page mm-hmm. where sometimes it comes out a lot differently than when I'm, you know, walking around my house, just trying to write it. So when I'm trying to memorize it, I, I realize this doesn't actually work. Um, or I keep lisping with this and I can't, mm-hmm. I can't make it come out. Right. It might, it sounds garbled. So I will, change words just to have better diction or um, to make something make a little more sense to be more succinct Um, so i really i really feel that the memorization is part of the process an important part
0: and and uh when you're going through this process uh you're saying you trust what it sounds like more than what it more than
1: what it reads like silently off the page Well, you know, that's a good question. Because when you do, I like, you know, I call myself a performance poet and I definitely write for the stage, but I also do write for the page. I want it to read well and even silently well. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also know that when people are listening listening to me read my poem, they need to understand what I'm saying the first time. Now, Mm -hmm. I really want my work to be in such a way where the next time they hear me read the same poem they get something else out of it and then when they hopefully buy my book and then they they read it and they get something else out of it so for me um i just need the point to come across or some themes to come across during the first reading or first time they hear it i guess what i was saying is if we had a poem here on the page Mm -hmm. And it looks like it
0: reads well, it looks like it's a good poem, it's done and there and then you read it out loud and something just feels funny about it. Would that mean you would go back and change the one on the page, or would you have a page
1: version and a spoken Oh no, I, version? I would but... definitely change it. Yeah, okay, to so me would... I want my poems to feel like music. I'm I'm extremely inspired by music when I write, um, and I want I want them to have that musicality and so rhythm is a huge part of that.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. To me that what I, what I believe for me, anyway, writing poems is that that the rhythm is the thing I get from from saying it out loud. Yeah. I mean, when, I, when I've got the poem on the page there, and uh, the biggest thing that needs correction, or one big thing that needs correction often, is something about the rhythm. Mm-hmm. It's just not smooth for whatever reason.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and that's also why it's good to have other people read your poems. Like, hey, can yeah, you They my can't poem. read it. Yeah. <laughs> You're in trouble. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. And that and you know where you where you place the words. Um, you know when you're composing the poem on the page if it you you want somebody to be able to read it and have an idea of how it should sound Mm. you know there's 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 almost like a direction with how you space the words and um, what words are are next to each other what words are you know on different lines that's going Mm. to tell you a little bit more about maybe how it should be read how it should sound understated uh stage directions Pretty much. Mo- yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I like
0: that. Yeah. Well, let's try another poem.
1: Okay. Okay. So, um, the next poem I'm going to do is called Cabin Fever. And I haven't read this poem in a while, so I'm excited to do it. I had just moved into, into my apartment and I was literally living alone for the first time, or I, I had been living alone for about six months when I wrote this. And I'm so used, I was so used to people and several animals, pets being around me all the time. And, um, I just, you know, I'd just gone through my divorce and my son would leave the house and it would be so quiet and there would be almost like the sadness that came over me, but then I could distract myself with my work. And so I wrote this poem. These days, I find myself hoping for ghosts in the house. I am only meant for the quiet that I choose for myself. My son's asking to go home to Daddy's tonight, and I no longer ask why. My bed cannot memorize his smell in only one night out of the week, and now that he's six, it holds him more than I do. I don't fix my bed now. Haven't in two years. It's all about learning to love yourself in spite of the flaws even when no one else is around. I dress up submission in a one-way hug and a smile. It's a miracle that detachment never sounds quite like Velcro. Or anything at all. I have stuff to get done now, I tell myself. Poems to write and wine to stain my teeth. If I had a lover, I'd have even more to do. Yeah, kid, go home to Daddy's. He's here for you. just go, go. His quick steps down my wooden stairs leave behind the splinters that maybe he knows what's best for us both. Kids are so smart. Kids are so smart, you mother. Here's another teaching moment. Even the illusion of freedom always comes with a price. I have trained myself to stop waving goodbye. I prefer to cage butterflies that are said to cause hurricanes with their effect. I am no longer the storm chaser I once was. Every birth is a child's first puddle splash and these knees can still feel where i carry him most listen to how they crack without the rain now these walls don't talk much about this sometimes child they wear the hash marks of my hatchet hand on the bedroom door frame cuts we count together of all the bedtime stories i've missed the night carries the second wind of others counting along in whispers it's always bedtime stories we hold on to Thank God he learned to read so early. Tonight, I am leaving the book he left on the couch there. I am a museum of missing people, an artifact junkie. My fridge says Bachelor, but look at that book. My mug handles all point northwest, my tables unmarkered, my white tiles stay clean, but look at that book. Kids are so messy, kids are so messy tonight. This is no place for a child when my cabin fever is giving in to the breaking. I am heat lightning cracking, flying kites out of both of my hands toward a boy under the same sky. I hold on like static between human and ghost, such a patient game our flesh learns to wait for parts of it to come back again. But it holds places. It does. Like bookmarks. Like a mother remembering her own name again. A lot of complicated feelings in there. It's a poem that I feel I really have to be like in the mood to be able to do it well or or you know, just be I need to be in that headspace for sure to do that poem.
0: There's some things I don't feel like telling audiences or certain audiences. Yeah, you know, I mean, in a poem, you're speaking the truth. So,
1: yeah, I only, I absolutely only write the truth in my poems. I won't write just for a laugh or yeah. for dramatic. You know, like I feel like life is so dram- dramatic anyway. I can draw upon my own experiences, and that's enough. That's yeah, good. yeah, it's definitely enough.
0: So uh you you see him some and mm-hmm. you you said you learn from him.
1: Oh, I do. Kids teach us so so much. Yeah. He's taught me so much about love and even empathy. I've tried to teach him things like I've always been big on pointing out details and beauty pointing to the sky or for you know flowers around us when we're walking down the street and there are days when I am just having a really tough time and he reminds me of those things he will point something out mm-hmm. and so it's like the teacher becomes the student again and it's he's so amazing it's I wouldn't trade him for anything uh, like a terrier I just thinking about
0: uh, <laughs> so uh, he was six there but that he's a little older than that now right or... uh, he's seven and a half now oh, okay. yeah so yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah he doesn't like it when I do poems about him so I try right. not telling him that oh I read that poem that I wrote for you and he gets like angry <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: not a gift he wants to receive <laughs> no. right now
1: maybe when he's older Neither- and I hope I hope when he's older yeah. he understands the importance of it I've always had um I've always been rather sensitive and to my environment and to other people's emotions and to my own, and I've dealt a lot with depression um, growing up and I find that poetry is a really, it's not only a great outlet for me and helps me to heal, but I found that, and I don't mean this in an egotistical way, but I've had people tell me that that my poems have helped them through, through, um, you know, their own depression or bad days. and yeah. To me that's really inspirational, um, like I want to inspire people, it, it inspires me to keep writing when people want to keep writing and writing about things that truly terrify me. So I'm trying to really push myself to do that. And my own brain, my own broken heart, it's a terrifying thing. When I write about my feelings, I don't know how it okay. is for everybody else or you, or, but when I write about situations or my feelings, I, I, mean, I deconstruct them as much as possible. And that gives me more of an understanding of of my what's going on inside of me, and why I think a certain way, and why I feel a certain way. And I feel power with that knowledge, and you know, taking control back. There's a lot
0: of hours spent in therapy trying to get self-understanding, <laughs> and in a way, this is a kind
1: of a it's a lot cheaper a, another, this way. Right? Absolutely, <laughs> people cat. even pay you. To like go on stage and talk about it, so hey.
0: As you revise the poem and work, and essentially you and the poem are interacting. Definitely. It's kind of telling you some things you should figure out and say.
1: You're having a conversation with your heart, and I think because you're so open to that conversation, you're, you're going to understand so much more. You ever consciously say, oh, I'm in a bad place, I think I want to write. See if I can get out of it? No, you know what? I mean, I've thought about that. uh, Poetry has helped me get out of a lot of bad places. But honestly, I write so much better when I'm in a good place. Because when I'm in a bad place, I tend to shut down. Mm -hmm. I tend to uh, listen to a lot of music, but really like walk away from a lot of things that help me through. When I go into survival mode, it doesn't feel... I never feel like, okay, gotta go write a poem to get through this day. Yeah. It's more, yeah, I need to be in a better place. And so I, like the poem I'm working on at home right now is another depression and suicide kind of poem, but I'm in a really good place. And so I'm able to write about that, which feels good because then when I step away from it, I may, I may be, I may have like a zombie brain. My brain gets really fried. Because thinking is really hard. (laughs) But I I, I really feel so emotionally spent. But I can walk away from it, and I'm not feeling depressed. I'm not feeling super sad. Yeah, I can go back to a happier place.
0: Yeah. And on a related note, of course, depression tends to be an energy drain. I mean, having no energy is almost part of the definition, I think.
1: Yeah, I want to go take a nap. I don't want to write a poem at that point. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah.
0: It'd be like gearing up for a big urgent task or something.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's do another poem. All right. That was good. Well, on that note, um, but it, a lot of my, my sad poems, for lack of better terms, um, they actually, and the, I, I put a lot of inspiration into them. So one of the first ones I wrote was Hurricane. I wrote this a couple of years ago, and um, well, I'll just do it. Step into the light and dance. I want you to dance like everyone's watching. Even the lonely have an alibi with the universe. Your light is sustained by your darkness. Without one, the other goes missing. Tonight, you are a miracle, cheek to cheek with the bathroom floor, too much tired in your bones for the standing ovation you owe to your magical life. Step into the light and love. I want you to love again like your heart felt too many times, only the breaking. This told you maybe love isn't all it's cracked up to be. And your heart is so open, you feel there's a lightning storm in your chest. It's the breaking that makes love into thunder. Let it roll through your frame, let it rattle your hollow. A palm reader therapist looked at your hand and said, there's only a eulogy there, but I bet there are poems between your fingertips. And don't you believe for a second that I don't understand how a body can forget how to feel, how we forget words can translate the sounds of what's empty. Loosen your jawline and sing along to the songs that you once listened to over and over so you can hear live, live, because once music used to make you feel so alive. Everywhere you went, there were constellations of life exhaling through your moon pores. I promise you, they are still there, just slightly eclipsed. We've been taught to silence our secrets until the forgetting takes hold, but the soul has a reflex of recall. Step into the light, you curious illumination of human, and wait. I need you to wait, like you speak cocoon. Like you know the transition comes before flying. This is a hymn for the resurrection from your heart dust. Sing it like your orphan Annie and belt out tomorrow. At this point, tomorrow's only in two hours and 26 minutes. You think I don't know how these minutes can pull like a riptide. I've counted them like the pills on the counter. Healed the sting of the vodka with orange juice. Pretended that this is the healing that comes from the dying. Tonight is a hurricane and you are the eye. It's passing. It's moving in my gods how brave it is to survive the storm. Tell me what it feels like to fist bump your heartbreak. Tag your initials right onto your hope chest. This is your homeland. This is your first love. This is love. Step into the light and Live. Dance like everyone's watching. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) and maybe you're drunk (laughs) because you don't
0: really. And you don't care that exactly, exactly. Absolutely. Would you like to uh, do another poem?
1: Oh, what kind of poem uh, would you like to hear? Your choice. You know, I think what I'll do is the uh, the the poem that's the title poem to my book. So I like I'm one of those people that talks to the sky a lot, you know, to the universe, to God, whatever you want to call it. I really believe in energy. And I feel like when you're open to the universe, something will be communicating back to you. So this is Failsafe. These dreams you hold on to are rent to own. Pay the blood bank until the red lines fade to black. You've got good veins, kid. But you still feel the burn. This is why you need to steer clear of the witch hunt. Your magic is most at stake when there are crowds you've got to run from. But these dreams are the saving type. A revival every morning that the dawn breaks open the Red Sea. These are the days you can't get the song out of your head from the last person who told you you're doing life right. Your windpipe hasn't learned the difference between this tune and a tornado. You can talk yourself down from flight into any wreckage. This is why I wrote you a poem that's made out of mirrors. Stop looking behind you every time you smile at the glass. Grace is meant for you as much as for anyone else. Stop standing around like you have a lover who won't touch you enough. You deserve the most from yourself. Move forward. Move on. Move until there's no time to worry about the parts of you left behind. Steady now. (sighs) This type of balance is new for you. This is how you learn to breathe again. Slow down until the stitches unravel from your side, but don't stop completely. The sand is going to spill from your hourglass all over the place. Don't apologize for the space you're taking up now. There's nothing polite in forgetting. You've belonged here since the day you were born, even on a bad day. Remember, you're not falling apart. It's just an out-of-body experience, but... You don't have to be out of it for good. Your truth is the fail-safe. Even when your sand trails go in circles or you're pouring into sandbags like you can stop a hurricane from confessing to the seaside, there's never a better time to save yourself. This truth is too holy for sacrifice. It's the part of you that can't give up on your dreams. Your skin is built around its own church, don't tell me. You're not a believer until you've looked at the night sky and introduced yourself before making a wish. We all want to think the sky takes us so seriously, but look at how the stars move without you. The constellations are holding the wildest search party of your dreams, and your echo makes them dance stupid. Don't let your own shoes get stuck to the floor. Take off that dress that everyone else is wearing and tell them you've never looked lovelier. So that's filthy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, Go after your dreams. <laughs> that's it.
0: Yes. A great message. Yeah. A great message. Yeah. And I like. Promulgating in the world.
1: I love doing that poem just because, yeah, I feel like people need to hear that a lot yeah. every day almost. <laughs> I like, yeah. you know, some people like on Facebook they complain about people posting like inspirational messages, but mm-hmm. I want to like skywrite inspirational messages every day, <laughs> like get in a plane and just do that for everybody to see.
0: Well, it's nice that you like to do it in an artistic
1: way over the airwaves, right? That's same, it. Hey, kind of the same thing. Waves. Hey, world. Ish. How many billion people are there in the world? Exactly. Yeah, and should one translate to their language. Could hear this, yeah. Exactly,
0: exactly, exactly as you said it. Well, this has been great. I'm really glad you could come to this. Thank
1: you, Charlie, so much for having me.
0: Mason Granger. He's from New York City, and he's one third of the Mayhem Poets, a trio that has performed in all of the states except. Hawaii, and the two Dakotas. If you're listening out there in North and South Dakota, they'd love to come out and perform for you. I started an interesting new project that we're gonna talk about called Slam Find. And Mason, what is Slam Find?
2: All right, so slamfind.com is the website for the app. The app is called Slam Find uh, for iPhone and Android. A few different features to it, it's a directory uh a1 it's a directory to all the poetry slams and poetry friendly open mics uh in north america and then just you know you can search by state search by town you can just use the map and just look around uh to find uh, a live poetry venue near you wherever you are so that that's the basic point and that was like kind of the inspiration like this is the thing that needs to happen that needs to exist in the you know live poetry community also part of it is um There are, you can watch poetry videos, not just from the Slam Fine YouTube channel or really popular ones like Button, uh, but a a few different ones. Like a lot of the venues videotape all of the, all the performances there and put them all up. And so you can kind of browse and see, hey, this is what's going on in Philly. This is what's going on in Vancouver. And, you know, really get a taste of like everything that's going on. You can also like stream poems. Just basically want to put the entire world of performance poetry into into an app and then just fill it with as many tools as possible and then let you figure out how you want to use it. You know, if you only want to listen to poems yeah. through the app in the car, cool. You want to use it to find stuff when you're out traveling, cool. But uh, it's all there.
0: Oh, so. that's excellent. This is going to be a really useful resource. Now, when did when did you start and like how far along are you? It seems like a big project.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, um, I first I first had the idea for it seriously maybe three years ago i was like yeah wouldn't it be cool if if this existed yeah i wish that was around and then i actually would because i I travel a lot with the mayhem poets always you know traveling around the country a lot of our shows are with are for kids so it's daytime and so at nighttime i'm sitting around and somewhere in indiana (laughs) like hey where's the what's going on what's going on that was basically the impetus for making me want to 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 start doing it and then uh
0: But in terms of accumulating the stuff, that's where I was kind of
2: asking Uh, how
0: how far along are you? Like, could I actually find a venue in Vancouver?
2: Uh, Yes, you can find their venues in Vancouver, another venue on Vancouver Island. Um, (laughs) And in doing all the research stuff, I kind of like know a lot of stuff now randomly. But yeah, uh, yeah, so it it started out, I just Googled, it was basically months of Googling. Mm -hmm. It took a couple months of Googling I had broken up with my girlfriend at the time, this was a few years ago, and needed something constructive to do with the oncoming angst and just like, (laughs) all right, I could, you know, drink a six pack of beers or I can like do this thing that I will be glad that I did later. Uh, So yeah, I just started doing that and did a lot of just sitting at home grunt work finding stuff, find this resource find that oh here's a listing of all the events going on in South Florida and just you know just put it all together and then um, yeah then I my the initial idea was I, I was like I'm gonna learn how to make an app I'm gonna learn coding and then I'll just make this app that's more likely I can learn coding in a year than save up ten thousand dollars and pay somebody to do it. Um, so I started doing that, and then it turned out to be like pretty difficult. Um, but I found some services that, that kind of made it easier, and I learned a little bit, was able to piece it together. Uh, and then the first, yeah, the first version of SlamFy went up uh, about a year ago, a little over a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, yeah, this version, the newest version that uh, came out late October, that's the one that, that's really the, how I envisioned it.
0: You also have a thing on there where poets can sign up. What is yeah. what is that about?
2: Yeah, so so part of the like connecting poetry fans to the world of performance poetry is like okay, if you're just somebody likes poetry, you got to know where to go to find poetry, mm-hmm. and then once you get there and you see somebody who you like, you're like yeah, where can I where can I see more of this random person I ran into tonight? And so yeah, so there's a directory uh, on the app of just poets from all over the country they uh send me just a picture a bio and some links to some more performance videos and so if you see somebody you like hey you can go on there and watch five more poems from them or you can just sit there and scroll through and discover like oh this person is from two towns over i don't know who they are but i like their stuff cool
0: that's a really cool idea so basically if i look up the poet it's just a venue for me to get away from me to get to the poet
2: but yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. It tells you like what town they're from i i didn't want it to be maybe in future versions you'll be able to actually message that poet but um i, I figure it, it's 2015 like if you're if you want to track somebody down and and talk to them directly yeah. like we can figure that out and uh if somebody doesn't want to be tracked down then like this offers them a way to have a little privacy too because a lot of things um a lot of the poets are also teachers and so all right you don't want your 7th graders finding your poem on depression you know a lot of the time right. and so we all you know offer a little line there too
0: so uh, can anybody just go to slam find and all those resources will be there they can find the venues they can find poets if they mm-hmm. run a venue they can sign in if they're a poet they can sign in um, yeah yeah is there anything else we should tell people it's really just just trying to
2: to build to make the the separate isolated uh, sometimes insulated poetry communities, Talk to each other more, and and for for if you're if you're a poet and because not every I live in New York City. There's you you throw a, you throw a stone any direction you're gonna hit a poet, um, but um, you know not not everybody does. And so if you're out out no matter where you happen to live, basically you can connect with the whole world of performance poetry. Whether you're you know city in New York, you're in Brooklyn, or you're out in you know Oklahoma.
0: You know, I'm in Knoxville, Tennessee, or I'm in New Orleans, or whatever, and I can just pop on there and uh, see where the action is—the poetry action. Right,
2: so it's really great. Exactly, exactly. Okay,
0: we're well, doing a really cool thing, Mason. I'm really Thank glad you, man. we found you and could talk to you here on Poetry Spoken Here, and uh, I hope I hope you get some people coming by and uh, enjoying and contributing, you know, to what you got going.
2: Thank you, man. Yeah, my pleasure. been listening to
0: Poetry Spoken Here. I'm Charlie Rossiter, inviting you to join us again next time to let poetry speak to you. Music for today's program was written and performed by Jack Rossiter Molly. And remember, Poetry Spoken Here is more than a podcast. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash poetry spoken here. Follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash poetry spoken here. For more about today's show and other Poetry Spoken Here podcasts, as well as our blog, just visit our website, PoetrySpokenHere.com. If you'd like to submit suggestions of poets or topics for future podcasts, you can send to our email address, PoetrySpokenHere at gmail.com.